Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Hey, Mike, I don't know if you've been watching Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Really, really good. I haven't. But I'll just start this show or continue this show by saying Clint Barton ain't that accurate. The floor is yours. Before, it's, before the floor becomes mine, I want to stay on that shot of the Michael Smith, Sarah Smith, Obamas of Connecticut household. <laughs> I'm looking on your mantle. I see a beautiful wedding picture on your mantle. I see some great artwork. I don't see the broken clocks. I don't see any <laughs> blind squirrels. Okay. Hey, I think the broken clocks are in your house. I think the blind squirrels are in your house. You need to, li- as for me at my house, you need to listen to me. You need to, li- brother, I tried to tell you, I done tried to tell you, and you just don't listen. And, and I was thinking, why doesn't Michael Smith listen to me about these things, these particular things that I know? Anything that happens within the borders, and I used to be able to draw it in my, in my sleep. You know, you know, you do the states when you're in the fourth grade, and they give you a blank map, and they say, hey, draw the states. I used to be able to draw Ohio, Western Ohio, there we go, Ohio River, up the side. Where's West Virginia right there? Pennsylvania, come on up. Whoop, dip on down Lake Erie across. I, anything within the borders of Ohio, I got it. So I try to tell you about Cincinnati. You don't want to listen. Cincinnati, uh, fool's gold. I try to tell you about Urban Meyer not being built for pro football. Is he built for college football? Sure, for about three or four years. He's got a shelf life in college football, which we know is easier. I tried to tell you that too. You don't want to listen. Uh, college football is easier than pro football. But Urban Meyer, I've studied, the, I've studied this cat. I know how he walks. I know how he talks. I know how he grooves and moves. I know everything about Urban Meyer. So as soon as Shad Khan fixed his, pay, his paycheck to say $9 million per for Urban Meyer, I knew it just wasn't a good fit. And you know why it's not a good fit, Mike? And you can't relate to this. You cannot relate to this. I'm serious. You can't relate to going into a situation that you don't know and saying, oh, I got it. <laughs> I got this. You can't relate to that. But that's how, that's, that's how Urban Meyer is, is, is wired. Hey, I, I was successful at Utah. I was successful at Florida. I was successful at Ohio State. Bowling Why Green. <laughs> Why, what, Bowling Green? You don't even know where that is, do you? Bowling Green. I was successful there. Why wouldn't I be successful in the NFL? Come in, have all power as a head coach, as a head ball coach, as he told Josh Lambeau, the head ball coach. I can do whatever I want. Really, that that yeah. little comment, that little comment really sums him up. So, um, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a surprise what happened yesterday. It probably or earlier today, whatever uh, it actually happened, um, but it probably should have happened a month ago. What an what an arrogant, or, dismissive, no, Michael, wait, over just, real quick interjection, quick interjection. Coach. 
based on everything you said from day one, no, I'm giving this right back. Based on everything you said since day one and have been saying since, no, it shouldn't have happened before yesterday. The takeaway it is never it happen. never should have happened. Never should have happened. Yeah. yeah. Right, but see, and I, I think the lessons, here are the lessons learned from, from Urban Meyer. Uh, and, and not necessarily from an ownership standpoint, because if I'm in Shah Khan's position, yeah, I can see why he thought it would work in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. a guy with local ties, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it was selling. If we go back and look at the headlines, I'm sure it was celebrated. Shah Khan, mm-hmm. Shah Khan said he got it right, and he really got it right. I'm talking about from a coach's position, any coach, but particularly a coach coming from college. You just got to do the you got to do the journalist thing. You got to talk to as many people as you can, get as many yeah. perspective. Good journalist thing. Good journalist. Uh, and talk to as many people as you can, get as many perspectives as you can, and then make a decision. Make a good decision, but do it with some humility, and kind of take your time getting there. Urban Meyer doesn't know the NFL landscape, so to come in and just try to prove. That he, it, it, it's, it's almost as if, Mike, the contract wasn't enough for him. $9 million per year, six-year contract, college legend. Thank you, Urban. That wasn't enough for him to let people know, hey, I'm in charge. He had to just verbalize it. He had to articulate it. He had to live it. He had to walk it every day. And it became, yeah. it became too much. And so from the very start, That's why I think he did the Trevor Lawrence thing. I think that's why he did the, the Trevor Lawrence Gardner Minshew. It wasn't about competition. It was about, no, I'm going to show that even the number one pick in the draft, I don't have to earn anything because I'm Urban Meyer, but even the number one pick in the draft, generational talent, the obvious choice, the layup. This should be a layup for me, but I'm going to take it out to Steph Curry range. I'm going to make it the degree of difficulty. I'm going to shoot it from the logo just to show you that nothing, you can't take anything from gr- for granted when I'm here. So, Mike, I, heard, I hope other coaches have learned their lessons, and I hope you've learned your lesson when it comes to listening to me about things, particularly in the state of Ohio, because, that, Mike, this would be like me telling you about jambalaya or gumbo <laughs> or Mardi Gras. I can't tell you nothing about that. Or, or what did you say the other day? What you and I finally get it now. I get it. It's a badass watch. When I by was, the way. Uh, go, go, wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Give me, give me, the, give me the flex, give me the flex again. Give me the flex, give me the look, give me the flex. You, yeah, you yeah, came yeah. correct with it. You came with the, yeah, the yeah. smoking jacket and the and the, and the flames yeah. watch. I am not mad. Yeah, yeah. Continue, Playboy. Okay. No, what you said to me the other day, and I was a little not the other day. It was a few weeks ago. Still stuck with me. Obviously, you hurt my feel, my little feelings, but I get it now. <laughs> it landed. I get it. What? I'm a, I, was I was a little kid. I was I, I thought like a child then, but now I don't because now I understand the wisdom of Michael Smith when he said, you know, I could teach you how to play spades, but you wouldn't really get you wouldn't be good at it because it's like in you. It's in, it's in you, Mike. It's it's every fiber of your being. You, there's some things you do in spades. You can't even explain it's just the way it's done. Right. You can read the room. And so that that's what it's like with me, and <laughs> Urban Meyer. Right, Urban can't. So Ur, Urban certainly can't read the room. Um, all right. So a couple of things. Contrary to um, 
the opening montage, contrary to our ongoing conversations about Urban Meyer this season, to my uh, contrary to my giving of the benefit of the doubt, my open mindedness, I want you to know how happy I am today. And I am not a Jaguars <laughs> fan. And I, and I am joining in, in, in with a lot of people around the NFL who observe the NFL, who cover the NFL, who are within the NFL. There is very much a ding dong, the witch is dead vibe to today. Okay. Like there's a lot of people taking great joy and great pleasure in Urban Meyer's professional football demise. And I'm not usually somebody who celebrates other people losing their jobs, even if it does come with a golden right. parachute. But Michael, I'm going right, to tell right. you, I woke up this morning and I fired up Madden 22 and I got into franchise mode and I fired oh, Urban Meyer just for good measure. I fired him twice. I wanted him to get fired you twice. Fired that's how that's how that's how fun today is for me. I went and fired him, you know, digitally on top of him you getting fired him. in the middle of the night. You should have traded him. Got like <laughs> okay. a fourth or a fifth round pick. Come on, this man. That, get a fourth how, or a fifth for him. That's how much this means to me. All right. But let me say a couple of things. Uh, about why I didn't listen and also what you didn't say. The reason I didn't listen and I've been doing some soul searching about this really all season, not just last night, but the reason I didn't listen when you told me from day one is because I and not to say you aren't, but me more so than you. I am. uh, I'm an optimist by nature. Um, I'm I'm extremely positive and if I'm wrong about somebody or something, I'd rather be wrong about overestimating them than underestimating them. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to have to eat my words about saying what somebody isn't can't or won't be. So I think I'm a little too naive in that in that respect. So I think that was one of the reasons why I was willing to see what a guy who was 187 and 32, I believe, with three national titles, one of the most successful coaches in college football history, I was open-minded about his ability to translate to the next level. With that kind of resume, why wouldn't I? I was wrong about Urban Meyer for the same reasons that Shad Khan ultimately was wrong about Urban Meyer. You know what that is? And it goes right. back to what you didn't tell me, Michael. And this goes back, you made a great, astute point about really carefully vetting the people, not just the coach, but the people that you're putting in charge of your operation. You know why I was really wrong about Urban Meyer? You know what you didn't tell me? What? And maybe I should have known it. Maybe it's no secret, but I underestimated just how much. You didn't tell me he was this much of an asshole. That's honestly <laughs> what it comes down to. That's honestly what it comes down to. And it takes one to know one. Trust me, it takes one to know one. And I don't know Urban Meyer, and he wouldn't know me from Adam. But if you look at the timeline, you look at all of his missteps, they all have a common denominator. It's hubris. It's arrogance. It's ego. It's all the things you talked about. This has nothing to do with his coaching acumen. His 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 his, uh, you know, his strategic strengths. This isn't about X's and O's as the old saying goes. This is about Billy's and Joe's and he succeeded bad. That's a bad December right there. Uh, he, he's had a really bad December. <laughs> that that's abbreviated. Oh. Ain't no way that's the whole yeah. thing. That we leaving stuff out yeah. for purposes of space, you know, and understandably so. Okay, that that take two three screens to fit in every unflattering headline that they've had this year. 
I, I, no, by the way, I love October. Yes. I love October second. Read October second aloud. Stays in Ohio after loss. Video <laughs> surfaces yeah. at bar. Dot yeah, dot dot. Again, and what happened at the bar? We're consolidating this. We're consolidating this. And and um, but and, 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 and parentheses uh, leaves wife at home, babysitting the grandkids, as as he gets a little lap dance at his bar. Come on. This is terrible. Billy's and Joe's not X's and O's. And what I mean by that is he succeeded at being a bully of boys, but doesn't understand what it takes to be a leader of men. Let me say that again for the there Chiefs. Seats. He was a oh, bully like of that. boys, like but couldn't be like a leader that. of men. And to me, go, this, <laughs> to me, this was really a, a, a cautionary tale for anybody in any business, including the NFL, about what kind of people you put in charge. Because Michael, that sterling resume in college football, I really would love to do a deep dive investigation on just how he did it. Because I said this to you the other day when the report came out about him calling his assistants losers, which he denied because again, everybody's always lying on Urban Meyer. There's always something right. that was misconstrued or misunderstand, misunderstood or being exaggerated or somebody's lying on him. It's always somebody else, right? But the other day, when um, when he talked, I said to see you when, when the report came out uh, from NFL Network about him calling his coaches losers, which he denied. I said, on what level does that fly? Don't tell me that this is what you can get away with in college. He shouldn't be able to get with, get away with it in college. So, you know how we can say like, oh, I didn't turn out to be a good person because I was beat. I turned out to be a good person despite being beat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Likewise, yeah, right. Urban Meyer in Ohio State and Florida and Utah and Bowling Green, I refuse to believe that those were successful programs under Urban Meyer because he treated people this way. I think they, they, they succeeded in spite of his character flaws. And that's what I underestimated, Michael. That's what I wasn't hearing is that he lacked character, commitment, and thus competence to transfer to transfer his success to the NFL. Because what I believed, again, this goes back to me giving him the benefit of the doubt. This goes back to me, you know, wanting to see the best in people. What I believe is that he was smart enough to set aside his ego that his yeah. intellect and his intelligence, his wisdom would override like his ego and his hubris and his arrogance to make him say, you know what? Let me be self-aware enough to realize what it is that I don't know. And especially yeah. when the Ohio restaurant video for surfaced and the owner, your boss tells you, and I know he's not used to having a real boss, but when your boss tells you, tells the public, he's got to get gain our trust back. One would think yeah. that he would have adjusted because isn't that what coaches do? Isn't that what coaches they ask players to do to make a, an adjustment instead come to find out. Now this was this was prior to the Ohio video on on the timeline because this goes back to preseason, but it's just coming out yesterday and let's make no mistake about this. Okay, the other day Shai Khan was telling the media. I'm not doing anything hasty. I'm not one to rush. I got to take a good long look at this. I've been I was patient with Doug Marone. I was patient with Gus Bradley. What changed? 
Rick Stroud and the Tampa Bay Times changed and Josh Lambeau's story seeing the light of day is what changed. Listen, I mean, some of the stuff in this is just this is why I say he's an a-hole because this is this is like this is a bad person. This has nothing to do with coaching. But when you go up to the fourth most accurate place kicker in NFL history, don't call him by his name. Or he calls him kicker, punter, long snapper. Okay? If you're young and you got sensitive ears, earmuffs, yeah. shit bag, dipshit. What the hell do you think you are, man? I'm the head man. ball coach. It's a human being. I'm the head ball coach. Okay? I, I'm the head ball coach. I'm the head I ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the F I want. Make your kicks. Kicking him in the leg. Then, this is where it really gets good. Walks up to him when he's making a smoothie. Are you going to put a smile on that face? Who are you, the Joker? Or are you Heath Ledger? Let's put a smile on that face. What are, what are you doing? What are we, what are we doing? Are you, is he psychotic? And then my favorite part <laughs> is when he gets upset because Josh Lambeau has the nerve to address him or address the situation publicly. He goes all Colonel Jessup or Captain Ramsey on him. And it's like, if you got an issue with me, do it behind closed doors. You didn't kick me behind closed doors. Right. So if, if, if I, Michael, to answer your question about me not listening to you, no, you, had, you called it. You called it from day one. What I did not understand is just how arrogant this jerk could be. This, this, how much no. of a bully he was. That he would think that he could go, and, and if he's done this his whole career, my bad, I just didn't know. And I was blinded by one of the greatest resumes in the history of college football. I was blinded by that I, so much so until I gave him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't deserve. So kudos to you. You and many others called it from day one that he wasn't a good fit. But even if he was, even if he wasn't to begin with, I thought he had sense enough to adapt or die. Instead, he got that check and he was checked out. I ain't seen a more disengaged, disinterested coach in all my years of observing and covering the NFL is what I saw from Urban Meyer over 13 games in 2021. Well, tell me, I I'll tell you this. A couple things. You said Rick Stroud changed. No, and the Tampa Bay Times. That's not what changed. It, it, He's I still the, the coach today. Michael, I beg your pardon. He's still the coach today no. if that no, story not. doesn't come out. What no, are you basing not. that on? What are you I'm basing gonna that you, on? I'm, I'm going to base it on... I'm going to base it on the words of Shad Khan. Shad Khan, you want to talk about uh, Chris Sims talked the, the words day last night about, or the words earlier this week. Six, I'm going to tell you. Hold on, Chris Sims. Well, last time yep. we had him on, he talked about Cincinnati. He said Cincinnati doesn't disguise his defense at all. You look at Cincinnati, mm -hmm. you say, okay, I know what this is. I can move the ball because it's just it's just basic. Shad Khan was so basic. For all of us to see and hear and read, I can't believe that a lot of us whew, missed it. Missed it. Shah Khan said, "Check this out." He said, "Of a man when? who had a six-year who had a six-year contract a couple days ago, of a man who had a okay. six-year contract." He said of Urban Meyer. He said, "Well, I'm not a hasty guy. I'm not hasty." Uh, Gus Bradley was here for four years. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug Marone was here for four years. So, okay, they were here for four years. Urban Meyer has five years left on his contract. Why are we even having this conversation? If he's coming back, you're not a hasty guy. Doug Marone was here for four years. Gus Bradley was here for four years. All you got to say, I say, hey, all you got to say, <laughs> Jules, 
That's all you got to say. Is well, no, he's he, coming back. You're asking why? He's why coming. did he say that? Because he's being asked but a question did. because of that timeline no. we just put up there. Right. His coach he's is putting him in a position to have to but, answer these questions. But he was fired. He was fired days ago. It was just a matter of crossing the T's and dotting the I's. I don't it believe was it. Done. I don't believe hey, it. Hey, Rick Stroud. Hey, great story. Great reporting, Rick Stroud. I don't believe that. Got I'm not giving Shotgun that much credit. I know you don't. You know how I am. I am. This is done. This is this was because you said because. Michael, all he, all he had to say line, is at any point at any point long ago. He could have corrected the mistake that again you called from the buddy, beginning. The only right. thing that changed between today or, or this morning overnight and uh, and, and, and a 20 nothing shutout, no. which was just the latest in a long line of, 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 of embarrassment was Smith. a workplace violence issue. Josh Lambeau's story, which they already knew about, coming public, Can I quote painted you? this in a whole new light and took it to a whole new level. Michael, you've been right about Can this, but I respectfully disagree about this. This I, was, I was something just say, oh, that you Urban my Meyer. What? What was your quote? That's what, what I was you been right about. I was going to say, I was going to quote you to quote. I was going to quote you to you, and I was going to say respectfully. What? Urban Meyer, me Urban Meyer survived all of this. You know me. All no, this on, time, look at me. Okay, look at me. Okay, you okay. just tell me, just, me. If you talk to Shah Khan, tell me you talk to Shah Khan. Trust tell me, me you got sources. I you gotta tell me who the sources are. Tell me you, you got know, sources. You know I got. You know I got sources, baby. Trust me. Well, I don't trust know. me on this, one. Michael. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 80, I got sources. I got sources. Eighty percent of the time sources. you trust talk me. out your ass. I don't know when you got sources when I you don't. don't. You gotta tell hey, me. And it's working out for me, homeboy. Maybe you need to try it yourself. Maybe you, you need to try it yourself. Me. You look you like you have some me. wisdom if you do it that way. Look, you gotta I, tell me no. when you talk to people. There was when some, you I don't know. There was some. There was some uh, invest some reporting. Some Negro. That's all you have to say. There's in, there's interviewing. <laughs> there's interviewing behind the scenes. There's interviewing that led up to this. There's a process in place, and that process was in place. We know about you know Rick Stroud and his very public article, but between. Uh, Urban Meyer's oh. denial between his denial and the firing there was there were things happening in the organization that were br- that were brought back to the owner. Wait, which denial? Okay. The, de- the denial the, the denial, denial of, of the kicking? Oh, oh, uh, no, no, the, de- the the denial of Marvin Jones. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no. right, cuz you got you got to be specific with him. Which denial? No, yeah, what know, I'm saying to denials. you though is I I'm not I don't doubt. I don't doubt that Urban Meyer was being evaluated. That's been reported. That's public knowledge. Okay, so I mean, independent of your own reporting, what you're what you're saying, whether Shah Khan was evaluating whether Urban Meyer could continue, I'm not arguing that. He'd be a fool if he weren't. And whether he'd have fired this him is, after the season or not is different. Is not but the, the firing. Of, All I'm saying is he fired is him at one o'clock. Point. He fired him at one o'clock in the morning. Co- okay, that's a hell of a co- coincidence. It's a hell of a coincidence. But it's, it's just like, okay, when, here we go. I when mean, you like, let all of like, this stuff slide all this time, it's like, let me say it this way. I'll say it this way. You bought a house. Let's say you bought, you buy a house and your closing. Michael is set for December 23rd, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? Everything's already in, but so it's going to happen. It's going to happen on December 23rd, but why wait until December 23rd? Let's just do it right now. It was one of those things. It's already done. Okay. But why are we waiting? Okay. Why are we waiting until the end of the season? Why are we waiting to this point? Let's just do it right now. But here, here's the okay, other thing. You, I you say. know why you do it right now? You know why you do it right now? 
because that was the last straw. It might have already been in the works, but learning that your coach or the public learning that your coach kicked a player workplace. This is a workplace issue in an era where we're more sensitive about these things. That was something that not even Urban Meyer could survive. Not another day. Not another day. I'll quickly. I'll quickly answer your question. Let's come back to this. Let's take a break and we'll, we'll finish it on the other side. Yeah, on the other side, ahead. I'm going to answer your question about how he was able to survive. No, no, I'll do it on the other side. And, and remind me of that. We'll come back. I'll tell you how he was able to survive in college football being the way he is. With his oh, truck. Be, okay, yeah. great. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Yeah, I mean, you're always you're always going to have some form of drama. I've learned that even just the NFL is just more drama in general than college, no matter where you're at. But you're right. I mean, there's been a lot. And uh, yeah, to your point, I do think that has to change. And, um, you know, that's something that we need to work on for sure. So you can't always be in the headlines. You just got to go play football. And that's where we're trying to get. And I, I have no doubt we'll get there. Oh, Mike. I like the comment from Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, generational talent, number one player in high school, number one player in college, supposed to be a foundational piece for Jacksonville under the Urban Meyer administration that lasted 13 games. And you know, I think about Trevor Lawrence still, nothing has changed. My opinion has not changed about him, his talent. I've seen enough of Trevor Lawrence in this uneven, unremarkable, sad sack of a season. I've still seen enough. Four interceptions last week for Trevor Lawrence. I've still seen a great, really talented, really promising quarterback. And I think he's going to be fine uh, going forward. Out of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round, I know how Mac Jones is balling out, likely to be the offensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I think Trevor Lawrence is better than all the quarterbacks uh, who, who were taken after him. So he, he was taken number one. He should have been taken number one. If I'm redrafting, I'm taking him number one again. You know, with that said, I, I think a lot of people look at these, these seasons, and I, I've read this a lot today. Oh, it, it's, it's too bad for Trevor Lawrence. It's a wasted season. He's going to have to come in again. Yeah, it's a wasted season. He'd have to come in again. Uh, for, with another offensive coordinator, another head coach, yeah. he's going to restart. No, I think this has been a good introduction. This is a good introduction for him. Now, sometimes you have that, you have the Mac Jones experience. You come in, stable mm-hmm. organization, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. head coach, they drop you into a situation, the infrastructure is all good, you just plug and play and you do your thing and you look like you've been mm-hmm. there all along. That's, mm-hmm. that's a learning experience. Peyton Manning, Playing the entire year, throwing a bunch of picks, but also a bunch of touchdown yeah. passes. They win three sure. games. But I think this is valuable too. Because no this question. is an introduction. It's it's a backwards introduction to the NFL. It's it's the worst side of the NFL. This is hell right. 
This is how bad it could be. Right. It's probably not right. going to be worse than this. So for Trevor yeah. Lawrence, if he's not caught up in the stats, I think this is a good I like intro to what could happen. To what could happen. Uh, sure. What could happen for him? No, and, and listen, be good, uh, Mike. he's had a. And I don't mean to take anything away from him, but he's had something of a charmed life, and and this is a. Uh, this is a nice view of how the other half lives. And if anybody is built to withstand it from a character standpoint, by all accounts, it seems to be Trevor Lawrence um, because he got a crash course in, I guess, almost being co-CEO. Like he's, you could hear him using his voice more to kind of say, hey, this ain't how we doing this. You know, this, this is not, this is, this isn't right. Like he started to publicly challenge some of this, uh, this chaos uh, in recent weeks. And, and, uh, and I'm sure that, um, you know, endeared him to his uh, to his teammates as a young guy, understanding, hey, you know, I, I got to take ownership of the situation, even if ownership is a little slow to make a change here. Um, but let me say this about Trevor, and, and and even though, again, people who have loyal viewers or listeners uh, of this show understand that a you called it from day one, took me a while to see it, but I've long ago seen that Urban Meyer had to go, and reason number one why he had to go is jersey number one six and the number one overall pick and that was trevor lawrence so what's next as locked in as Sha khan was on urban meyer last offseason he needs to be just as locked in and fixated on byron leftwich this is as no-brainer a hire as there is in this upcoming coach coaching cycle okay you say that? and i'll go so far as to say I'm okay with teams passing on Byron Leftwich up until this point if Byron Leftwich ends up going home to the team that drafted him in the first round, I believe in 2003. Um, and that's with all due respect to Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball. Mm-mm. That's your guy. Sha Khan knows it. Anybody with a lick of sense knows it. That's the guy. Because what more does Byron, Byron Leftwich has been? Byron Leftwich is everything that Urban Meyer was not. Right. Byron Leftwich is built to be an NFL head coach. Byron yes, Leftwich has gained the respect of his players. Still one of the most iconic scenes in recent memory is Byron Leftwich yeah. at Marshall being carried down the field. Love it. Okay. Byron Leftwich has been a leader of, of men favorite, since he was a young one man. One of your favorite moments, right? Yep. Not prime candidate. Let me let me edit that. Let me edit that 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 headline. Should be the candidate, okay? Should be the candidate. Because when these owners want to, we know they can lock in on their guy. Rooney Rule be damned. When they want a guy, they got that's their guy, and that should be Shaq Khan's guy right now. So from Marshall to Jacksonville. Through the rest of through what, what was the stops? I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Then he have a stop in Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I know at one point, but he, he's been around the block. Okay, when it comes yeah. to, as a player, but as a coach and as a coordinator, come on, man. Bruce Arians will tell you he's running the offense. Tom Brady will tell you he's running the offense. And even if he's getting input from Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Great. Tom Brady. That's what you want. Well, right. Somebody who's got exactly. that, 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 that yeah. dust on him. Exactly. Who better to tutor Trevor Lawrence at this point than Byron Leftwich? Give me a better candidate I than like Byron that. Leftwich. I'll wait. I like to take. I like to take. And it's it's the input 
the input, meaning you can talk to him. He's got his own ideas. You can talk to him and he will incorporate the ideas that you have. Collaborative. Uh, a guy who has got the credibility. Position. A guy who knows Jacksonville, who knows the yeah. pros and cons of Jacksonville. You don't have to come in and give him a primer on what Jacksonville is. Jacksonville, let, let's be honest. I mean, it has some challenges as an NFL market. NFL markets in college football country are always uh, going to be tough. You got to do them just right. You got to make the right decisions. That's why, and uh, yeah, going back to Shad Khan, that's another reason why Shad Khan was so enamored with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer just up the road in Florida in Gainesville. Hey, let's bring this college coach, this legendary college, co- college coach into this pro market where a lot of college fans are. It should be a, a good marriage. And that's not it. You can't just yeah, it should it should have worked throwing make in no like mistake that. about it yeah, kind of. urban Meyer is at fault. You know, it should have worked. He didn't want to do the work. You know, why it didn't work though. I told you before like there's a reason urban Meyer worked at Ohio State and worked at all the other college stops and didn't in the NFL. Just think about this and, and it's really goes back to what you said about Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence finding his voice Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence what 22 23 years old. Now he's finding it and he's saying after 13 games or 12. He started to say it after like 12 or 13 games in the NFL. Okay, I get it now. Uh, I'm a professional. I'm being paid over the table. Sorry, Clemson. That's a little shot. Um, I'm being paid over the table. So now uh, yeah, yeah, this is my job. I can start talking with a little bass with a little bass in my voice <laughs> in college. Mm-hmm. They don't do that in college. You don't most guys don't do that that urban Meyer figure and it's not just urban, but that urban urban Meyer figure is used to having everybody under his thumb. Sometimes it's the provost. It's the president. It's the athletic director. uh, It's the strength coach. It's scouts coming on the campus because the head coach sets the terms on when you can come to campus and when you can watch film and they come in and okay, talk to me. I'll tell you about this player and then they have those strength coaches talk about those players too. So it's always this element of fear. You're telling 18 and 19 and 20 year old men soon to be men. I control your future. So if you don't do it my way, if you don't do it my way. Okay, maybe you don't make it in the NFL or maybe your path to the NFL is a little more circuitous than you wanted it to be and it's not the right way of doing it. But guys like Urban Meyer are used to it, and you can't do that in the pros. Well, I, well, I'm just glad you said guys like Urban Meyer. Thank you, thank you so much. Because my issue with that is, yeah. huh? What is that? The Urban Meyer type, the Urban Meyer composite. It's Urban Meyer and those like him. Every every college coach well, is not like that. Well, thank you, and that's what what I don't want today to be. And, it, and in some places it is. Today should not be a referendum or a cautionary tale on college coaches because everybody wants to talk about how college coaches fail in the NFL. You know who else has failed? You know who else fails in the NFL? Coordinators, NFL guys, right. and there have been college right. guys that have succeeded in the NFL. Urban Meyer failed not because he's a college coach. Urban Meyer failed because Urban Meyer because he's a jerk because he's he, he seems like a bad guy. That's why Urban Meyer failed. Okay, I don't want to hear about you know, uh, this is about oh he just 
didn't understand how to how to deal with men versus versus boys or professionals versus so-called amateurs. No, because that presumes that the guys that that guys like a David Shaw or a Mel Tucker, who I know has an NFL background, and there are guys that have gone from NFL to college and back to NFL, but that presumes that they would have failed just as Urban Meyer did, and I don't believe that to be the case. I believe Urban Meyer failed for reasons that are specific to Urban Meyer, just as Bobby Petrino quit for reasons that were specific to Bobby Petrino. I don't right. like painting with a broad oh, yeah. brush these college coaches. No, no, so, because I'm telling you no, right they, now, they don't represent. Because I'm telling you right now, coach. if Nick Saban, if Nick Saban got the itch again, if David Shaw wanted to leave Stanford, if Dabo Sweeney decided I've done enough at Clemson, and if Mel Tucker wanted to come back to the NFL from Michigan State, if I'm an owner, I'm giving him an opportunity if I find them to be the best candidate after carefully vetting them. I'm not holding college against them because Urban Meyer didn't work out. Urban Meyer did not work out because he didn't want to work. He didn't want to re he didn't want to evolve. He didn't want to adjust. And that's that hubris we've been talking about. All college coaches and I'm, again, I'm glad you said that. All college coaches don't roll like that. Well, I tried to counsel him. I tried to counsel him. He ain't listen. I, okay, look, look. The people you mentioned are bad fits. I, I, I don't know about Mel Tucker. I'm saying the first two guys you you mentioned Nick Saban. I and mentioned David Sweeney. Shaw. Oh, Nick, I okay. mentioned David Shaw, Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban. I know what happened okay, in Miami listen. with Nick Saban. I know exactly what happened in Miami with it's Nick Saban. It's not about Miami. It's not about Miami okay. with, with, with Saban. Ahead. It's, it's, you can't, it's really difficult. And, and I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying I completely blame somebody in this position. Uh, it, it may, maybe I need to broaden it. I'll, I'll broaden the conversation a little bit because it will be, it will sound less judgmental, right? And, and, it's, and this is genuine. If if I were ever em emperor for a decade, and now I gotta come off the throne, I've gotta give up the empire and kind of go back and be collaborative and answer to somebody, and mm -hmm. just not and not just snap my fingers and have things be done and just say or and not just we're not doing that. And then it's over. Or wait a minute, the owner of the team, the, the owner of the team wants to come talk to me and asking me questions yeah. and saying that's not good enough. Whoa, whoa, whoa! If I if I'm ten years or fifteen years in to a job making millions of dollars and I've never I haven't had that in fifteen years and then I got to do sure. it, I I, I, I might not, struggle with that. Okay. So I think those guys will Just, struggle with it too. Well, I think it's not and about that's Miami. fair. We don't disagree. We don't necessarily disagree. We don't necessarily disagree. I'm saying that Nick Saban may be a better fit for college. Let's just take Saban. Maybe a better fit for college. Nick Saban may not want or may find it uncomfortable to adjust for all the reasons you just talked about. But if I'm an NFL owner and Nick Saban expresses a desire to try his hand again at the NFL, I'm still taking that risk. Because I believe that Nick Saban, unlike Urban Meyer, if he says he's willing to try to make that adjustment, will be more willing to do it. Because Nick Saban, he can get in people's ass, but I don't think he talks to people and handles people the way that Urban Meyer does. I don't see that same reputation following him, unless I'm just oblivious to it. Brandon, what are the people saying in these in these common streets? Well, we had these conversations nice before. Microphone. Thank you so much. Brought it back. 
for the people who've been with this great hat, this shot right here. Thank a you, great hat too. You. That's like a that's, that's, yeah. That's that's all. You look yeah. good, man. Grab that mic. Yeah, Grab the mic you. like this, like you about to spit. Come on, man. Go ahead. What you got? You got a bar or two? Well, I, not not off the top. You know what I'm saying? Freestyles are written nowadays. You know how they go. Um, but these conversations were had before he actually got the axe. So let's start with Purdy Beard eight seven seven. Not a fan of Meyer, but he did just take over the worst team in the NFL. It's going to take longer than a few months to write that ship. Do you guys think that it was a little too soon? Antics aside, I guess you can't. Well, you do can't antics say aside. antics aside. That's what I, that's what I said about. I said I said long ago this season. I've never seen a guy whose honeymoon period and his grace period ended quicker. However many games the Jaguars lost consecutively, I think it was, was it 20 or maybe it got over 20? It felt like they were all his. Like he did so much extra drama off the field until even patient Shah Khan, patience of Job Shah Khan was like, man. I, I can't. I gotta eat this. I can't. I, I gotta just take this L. I can't keep going here. Right there. It goes to that's show you right how out of control he was. That's it. That, that, that's that's, that's I always remember him just like that. Body language. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna go with Trevor. <laughs> what else? What what else they saying? Anything else? Okay. Uh, Free T said the idea that Meyer wouldn't get a prime head coaching job is patently absurd. That's coming straight to you, Michael Smith. You said that in college you, you wouldn't. Yes, that you shouldn't even hire Urban Meyer right now. What do you think about that? Okay. So what's a <laughs> like? I, like I said prime, the other day, if there was a prime head coaching job in college available, Urban probably would have taken it. Okay. So. Tell me, tell me, the, tell me the, the franchise right now. Given everything we know about Urban Meyer this year, or not the franchise, excuse me, the university right now. Just, given everything yeah. we know about Urban Meyer this year, that will be comfortable rolling him out at a press conference saying, "Say hello to your new head coach." I got one guy. I know what his record is in college. Who? Oklahoma. What, Oklahoma. What? Oklahoma would would Oklahoma? would brought the red carpet for Urban Meyer. Probably because they well, don't know. Well, and I and I'd rip him a new one. Maybe somebody would be dumb enough to do it, but Michael Holly said it earlier. He's got a shelf life in college too. Mm. Till he till he has his health problems again. All right, next Anthony Hilton said, hire Eric Bieniemy. He would be perfect for a young quarterback and the players, that Andy Reid mentality. No argument here. I just think Leftwich is the better fit for obvious reasons. But no argument here. True that, true yeah, that. all you gotta do is take take out take out Eric Bieniemy, put in Byron Leftwich, and it's probably more accurate. I, I can see it. I can yeah. see Leftwich Super Stack being, Man. Uh, being a finalist right now. Either of those guys. Uh, Super Stack Man said, "Urban, take your Trevor Lawrence with you." A lot of Jags fans are not feeling Trevor Lawrence because of Urban Meyer. They think the stink is too strong, and they say we don't we don't want him as our franchise quarterback anymore. That was, in, that was all in the comment sections. Listen, listen, Michael, Brandon. Give me Trevor Lawrence. As a matter of fact, I love Mac Jones. I'll trade you right now. Right now, in season, straight, it's past the deadline. Straight up, Mac Jones for Trevor Lawrence. I'm even throwing As a third the, round pick for you. As the person on this show who goes too far, allow me to tell you, you're going too far. Okay? This, this what? You're going too far. What? Because I think I think you're dramatically underselling Mac Jones. If you wanted to say, hey, I still prefer. I, look, I get what you're saying, Michael. I love your passion in defending Trevor Lawrence against the stench that is Urban Meyer. That hey, this is not a, a reflection of Urban of, of Trevor Lawrence. I, I I feel that. But to go so far as to say right now I swap him for Mac Jones as if Mac Jones ain't that dude. 
Mac Jones, look, man, Mac Jones was in the conversation for number three. No, no, Mac Jones ain't that dude. Mac Jones is not Trevor Lawrence. I, I, look, all respect, love him, doing a great job, running the offense. Now, Mac, did you see some of those? Hey, well, we're doing comment section right now. We'll come, we're gonna, we're gonna run it back. <laughs> you see some of those throws? You see some of those throws my man was making on the seen run? This, have you seen? Are you, you see Mac I'm, Jones I'm, against Tom Brady? <laughs> I mean, so you, you you co-host Boston Sports tonight, but you don't really watch the Patriots games. Which is, tell me you don't watch I the do Patriots watch games without telling oh, so, me you don't watch the Patriots. So you you so, do okay, post game pre game, but so you meanwhile you watch the Jags. So hold on, hold on. Uh, you know, nice nice shots, nice lines, nice uh, shots. Yeah, just want to get want to get you both on the record. So you're telling me that the skill set, that the physical gifts of Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones are equivalent. That's what you're saying. The only saying? the only place that the only place that Trevor Lawrence has a Lord. an advantage over Mac Jones is from the waist down. That's it. I like that. Like he's more mobile. He's more athletic. But as a passer, but that just puts, that, no. say it differently. <laughs> I just can't. Where, where is your head? <laughs> Where's your head? Yeah, is it always in the gutter, clearly. Uh, well, listen, this is my last You know, hey. watch too many Hitman Holler videos, Brandon? You know, oh, watch too many Hitman Holler videos. That's a sketch. Why did you go there? That's a sketch. Why did you go there? Google if you don't know what he's All talking right. about, guys. Uh, here's my favorite one, actually. No, this is a little Google. bit long, so <laughs> stay with me. All right, me. last one. Uh, Curtis, we over Curtis H. said, Curtis H. said, to put the whole thing into context, Dan Campbell has won only one game in Detroit, and the city, the fan base, the organization, and the players are at uh, – Every, all the players on the team absolutely love him, rightfully so, because they respect each other and know that they are fighting towards a common goal with a leader who put them first. That's it. It's not about, it's not about wins that. and losses. Yeah, no, I mean, you could you, look, well, you, play, you played on a high level in college. You, you not could, year you could one. lose games. Like, that's Urban, forget, we didn't even get into his, his, his schematic blunders or his game management blunders or even his personnel miscues. Like, he didn't get fired because he's 2-11. and 11. That it, the, 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 we don't right. even talk about the record. We don't talk about the record. It's it's the extra mm-hmm. stuff. We got to hit a break, Brandon. We may see we may see more from you later, uh, and 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 dabble in these comment streets. All um, right, Brandon. Can't wait. We got to we got to get back. We got to get this train back on time. Train running back on time. Yeah, we All do. Right, we'll be back. And, and y'all got to tell me what y'all what y'all looking at? Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. Like, wow, I'm just tripping on that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So we've been punting on this uh, Washington Post. Daniel Snyder attempted to interfere with the league's quote unquote independent investigation into the toxic workplace culture that he's overseen all these years in Washington. And last night, Roger Goodell addressed it in typical Roger Goodell fashion, saying that he didn't succeed in interfering and that they're confident that they arrived at the right conclusion. This reminded me, this reminded me of Trump's impeachment. The, the first one, not the second one. Well, he didn't succeed, 
So therefore, nothing to see here. It's like, well, wait a second. Yeah. Like, he's Daniel Snyder, his lawyers, his private investigators still attempted to interfere. Whether they succeeded or not is immaterial and irrelevant. The fact that he attempted to interfere is problematic in and of itself. And little by little, day by day, the NFL looks worse than Daniel Snyder. Roger Goodell, why no, they just rolling out to take the bullets for the rest of the owners. The NFL is complicit in whatever Daniel Snyder oh, yeah. has been doing behind closed doors because they continue to enable him and protect him at their own cost. They're not going to be satisfied until Daniel's a, a, a wire or videotape or pictures emerge of Daniel Snyder. And they're going to have no choice but to get rid of him. And they know that he's going to well, take the entire house down with him. And the last thing is, Michael, I'll say this well, and I'll pass it to you. you kind of had that, though. You kind of had it. Anyway, go well, ahead. well, they had well, no, well, they had it, but they won't release it because it wasn't yeah, never right. put into a report. It was just an oral presentation, which Roger Goodell last night continues to try to say to us, "Move along. There's nothing to see here. We handled it. We handled it. I don't care what the Washington Post is saying. I don't care what he did. We handled it. That's my issue with this: is that they keep trying to play us for fools, while we keep putting our money in our eyeballs." Uh, in the NFL's pocket and on the NFL's product, respectively. The thing I was just going to say is this. This never was an independent investigation. Duh, Michael. You know, like, right. water's wet, sky's blue. Like, initially, the football team, Snyder hired, was it Beth Wilkerson? And then the NFL hired her. But right. if the NFL is investi essentially investigating itself, it was always an inside job. What see, this what, this, is, this, what is, does. this is so much of a joke until it's just not even funny. This is this is what the NFL does. I I, I, I was talking to somebody last night uh, because you know the Patriots are playing the Colts and of course uh, a columnist from the Indianapolis Star brought up DeflateGate. And Deflate I was talking to somebody yeah. last night that DeflateGate was my that, that was my thing. Okay, I was all over the DeflateGate uh, commentary and all the appeals, but one of the things that stood out to me from DeflateGate. It had Ted Wells was the independent investigator hired by the NFL and Tom Brady's lawyer came in and said, wait a minute. So you're an independent lawyer, right? Yes. Are you being paid here today? The lawyer said, yes. <laughs> who's paying? Who's paying, who's you? paying you? The National Football League. <laughs> the National right. Football League is paying you. So and, right. and the lawyer said, wait a minute. Well, hold on. Doesn't that just just uh, just cancel out independence right there? And then they had You're Jeff Pash. <laughs> and Jeff Pash, he said, well, wait a minute. Didn't Jeff Pash help you with some stuff on your independent report? Yeah, just some wordsmithing. Okay, then it's not independent. <laughs> and this is this is this is really what happens with the league. There's really no such thing as an independent report when it comes to the NFL. The word you use is perfect, complicit. The NFL is complicit at the top, but there are a lot of people who are also involved. And you know why? They're, they are they're complicit because they have they have been drawn into Daniel Snyder's vortex. Daniel Snyder gambled correctly. He gambled that having enough money can buy silence and buy favors. And he's right. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he's right over and over. I've got money. I can pay my way out of problems. So he right. gets he's this, not alone. This look. The simple, the simple fine from the NFL was it ten million dollars, whatever. Fine, 
I got that. I'll pay that. Oh, I lose the franchise for a little bit. My wife is taking over. Okay, I can deal with that. And then right. there are former there are former players. There are journalists. There are all people in Daniel Snyder's world right. that bend themselves and twist themselves into some elaborate. I mean, just like really next level museum call, call, of fine what, what art you call him? structures. What you call him? The you ain't said it yet. What you what you call him? You ain't said it yet. What do you call him? He's the worst. He's the worst. No, no. Oh, oh the most protected. Him? Most protected. He's the most protected owner in the NFL. He's the most protected and guy. They're, and, and they're protecting him and, you know, because they're protecting themselves because you know that he knows where the skeletons are, where the bodies are buried. They exactly. ain't slick. They ain't slick with it. And, and, and the, God, I, I rarely root for, I mean, I do root for Congress, but to get stuff done. But in this case, it's like, you know, usually I feel like, oh, Congress got better things to do. No. Swing these doors open. I know I'm also rooting for John Gruden. Whatever it takes to get this dude up out of this league once and for all. Please. How about this, this? precedent? You got rid of Jerry Richardson. Adam Silver got rid of um, uh, Donald, D- Sterling. Donald Sterling. Get rid of this dude. But no, you can't. You know what I'd love to see, Mike? What I'd love to see from the guy who insists on being called Mr. Not Dan. You can't call him Dan. You have to call him Mr. Snyder. What I'd love to see from Mr. Snyder. I'll be damned. If I'd I see him, see... I ain't calling him Mr. Snyder. I'm calling him everything but a child of God if I see him. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would like to see the NFL just for, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. And they took a vote on Snyder and see how close they could get to 24. They wouldn't get 24 uh, owners who would vote him mm. out. But I want to see who's voting with him. I want to know who's on his side. Mm-hmm. And, and why are they on his side? That's something Kind of like I political contributions. Is, Where's your money yeah, going? This is bigger. <laughs> like, like, what bigger causes, than what politicians Snyder. are you contributing to? Yeah, no, 100%. This is representative of an NFL culture. If a Roger Goodell would come out and be like, he didn't succeed or he didn't interfere, ain't nobody ask you if he actually interfered. The point is that he attempted to. Right. Golly. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And if I measure the voltage at the output, old microwave oven can last much longer than a bright This The power would be 400 times less wasted on f***ing wires. They have the CD power line. Both of them are exactly at 120 volt AC. Measuring the AC voltages at the input that we Now we'll have high voltages. Obviously there's a wrong connection. To kickstart the arc. Measure the current too. Not making a good contact. You can safely plug them in. Let's turn it on. What did I do? There you go. You saw what happened. Let's charge the car battery with these. Now I have to wait. Let's measure and see where we are. 
I'm measuring the capacitor voltage and it's around which plugs to my cell phone and I can play any tone from it like this carefully they have to cut that tiny bridge okay let's try it out there is nothing is there actually a voltage let me demonstrate if I plug it into the Please join me for the first time to hear how it sounds. And one, two, three, four. Repeat it though. I thought I could share my artistic side with you. <laughs> oh, 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 that was good. Hey, Chris Sims, our brother is here, and uh, we've been talking a lot, uh, Sims, about Urban Meyer and how uh, he came to his very sudden demise in Jacksonville. But as a part of that conversation, Sims. We got into Trevor Lawrence. I'm still a big fan of his, and I'm a fan of Mac Jones too. But somehow we got into a Mac Jones somehow. versus Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. No, but tell I him what still, you said. Tell him what I you said. No, tell him exactly. I what would you trade. Said. This is what I said. I would trade right now, straight up. I, if I'm the Patriots, I trade Mac Jones to Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence, and I'll throw in a third round pick too, because I think Trevor Lawrence is that much better. Than Mac Jones. No disrespect to Mac Jones, but Trevor Lawrence is oh, the no man disrespect. still. Hey, and, and, and okay, so you tell me. Uh, I know you had Zach Wilson as your number one quarterback, if I remember, and Trevor Lawrence second. Right. Is it is the difference between Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence significant? I think it is. You tell me. You tell us. I, I was listen. I think as far as NFL game readiness, polish, understanding how to play the game, and all of that, like Mac Jones certainly has a big head start on Trevor Lawrence. That that's the biggest thing. And I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to be better than Mac Jones really in year two. But I will say I understand what you're saying. All right. I think Trevor Lawrence has a way higher ceiling than 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 Mac Jones. I do. Trevor Lawrence. And I, I throw Zach Wilson in this too. Again, it's hard to see how good they are. You know what I say? They're they're in some a tough environment. You know, as far as Trevor Lawrence is concerned, it's not all that creative an offense. So it, it's nothing schematically genius as far as that's concerned. His best receiver, DJ Shark, he got hurt during the year. You know, there's been a number of issues there at Jacksonville. So it's hard really to see his talent. They don't do anything to accentuate it. Let alone, you know, one of the reasons I made him number two was because, hey, you know, as far as mechanics, there's some inconsistencies. He played on a really awesome team in college football. He didn't necessarily always have to execute and do things the right way. He could get away with a, a mistake or two, and it didn't matter because they were Clemson. And they were still going to score in that drive anyways. So that's where I think he's learning about, like, hey, the NFL, it's an every play grind. i got to be mentally on it physically on it with my mechanics. So mentally I go to the right place and then physically I can put the ball exactly where I want in that place. Mac Jones already had that. And that's why even though he's not as talented as a Trevor Lawrence or a Zach Wilson, I think that aspect made the get the gap, you know, maybe closer than people realize. That's what I would look at. But would I be shocked if we were sitting here three years from now and you told me Wait, Trevor Lawrence is definitely one of the two or three best quarterbacks in football, and Mac Jones is a top 10 quarterback, but maybe not a top five quarterback? No, I would not be shocked by that. You know, again, 
You know, in, in New England, the way their offense, we know how great their coaches are. They're as creative and as smart as it gets. They're always going to play to his strengths. They're always going to limit their plays that play to his weaknesses. And that's, therefore, not going to expose him. Jacksonville's not a good team. They need Trevor to make magic at times. They need him to do things he's probably not ready to do. And that compounds itself into maybe uglier play than we'd like at times. But I do think Trevor Lawrence, to Michael Holly's point, has a greater chance of being a true superstar and like can carry a team as compared to Mac Jones, where I think he needs a little bit of a formula around him to make it look awesome at times. That makes okay. sense. Like Mac uh, Jones can make a lot per- out of a lot. You give him a system sense. and some receivers, he's going to hit the bullseye and move in the pocket and get you in the, all the right plays. But you it, put him on a lesser team, sense. you put him in Jacksonville right now, I would go, I, it might look worse than no, Trevor Lawrence. That's what I would say. Jacksonville will do that yeah. to just yeah. about yeah. anybody, but I, I think yeah, Mac they will. Jones right. is better than Michael Holly even believes, even sitting in that backyard. So the last word I'll say on that before we move on is yeah. I am rooting for the Colts to succeed in their mission to make the Patriots one-dimensional, put the ball in Mac Jones's hands, and I am now rooting for the Patriots behind Mac Jones to light up the Colts secondary so Michael could come here on Monday and tell me, you know what, I undersold Mac Jones. But nonetheless, two guys <laughs> that have no trouble being uh, in terms of being undersold, uh, the quarterbacks uh, squaring off tonight and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I'm going to ask you a very simple question, Chris Sampson. I'd be curious to your answer too, Michael Holly. Very simple question, but I think it, it, uh, it, it may, your answer may say something. Just as a, as a football fan, as a fan of the position, who are you more looking forward to watching tonight? Patrick Mahomes and the resurgent Chiefs, and obviously their defense, COVID absences notwithstanding, is certainly making life much easier? Or the new Dan Marino, Justin Herbert? Hmm. They, listen, Herbert's had a better season. He's playing better football than Mahomes. There, there's no doubt about that. You can't even argue that. I, I'm, I'm probably more excited tonight to see the Mahomes in Kansas City just because it's a freaking roller coaster ride every week. I mean, that's where I'm like, well, what one are we gonna get this week? Pretty are we get the guy that does, though, right? The, pretty, well, pretty you know, I'll remind. Well, last week was great. I still turned on the film and went, damn, this still isn't the machine that I'm used to seeing. Even though it was efficient, okay. offensively he didn't in leave the pocket. Mean. Yeah, offensively particularly. Okay. The, the defense is the star of the show in Kansas City. Yeah. You said it right. Right, right. now, they're the star right. of the show. And that stinks we don't have Chris Jones tonight because I could argue really for this season, Justin Herbert is going to be the best player on the field. And Chris Jones is probably the second best player on the field for the way Mahomes has played. But that offense, yes, it's been all over the place. You know, last mm-hmm. week was good. It still wasn't like when I watched the film and went, oh, wow, okay, they're back. And let's not forget, two weeks two weeks ago when they played Denver, they were doing dumb crap again. He was missing throws. Tyreek was dropping passes. You know, he throws an interception off target. They have, they have had their issues. So there's no doubt that Justin Herbert has played better, more consistent this year. Herbert's a superstar. He really is. That's Hey, to bring it back to the last conversation, I think Trevor Lawrence can be a Justin Herbert type of player. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, Herbert has just been absolutely amazing. And I'm I'm excited to see this matchup tonight because I do think the Chargers match up well. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I know. Justin Herbert is is top five-ish. Right about now. Oh yeah, uh, you're so, right. You're right. Yeah, There's no that's, doubt. That's, He's that's top hard. five-ish, he, and he is a machine. Way to go to get there. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah you I, said it you right, though. Like Dan Marino, whatever. He's a machine in that pocket, and he just throws laser beam strikes all game long. And uh, I think this yeah. game's going to be a lot of fun tonight. I think it really will be. I mean, look at this throw right here. I mean, this is insanity in the membranity. Oh, let me move out of the pocket, <laughs> set up real quick. 66-yard bomb Shout down the Cypress field. Hill. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is insane. And that's what they've been doing a little bit more with the Chargers lately. It's like been that. more down the field attack, and it's opened up yeah. the rest of their offense. I like it. Chiefs play man-to-man. I would think there's some chances for them tonight to make some big plays in the pass game. I, got, see, I'm more excited to answer your question, Mike. I'm more excited to see Kansas, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles. I'm getting used to that. LA Chargers. Because I look at their 8 and 5 record and I say, how did they get to 8 and 5? Is this a legit 8 and 5? So, Chris Sims, you tell us. As, forget about uh, Mahomes and Herbert. Let's just get into the trenches, the nitty gritty. How do the Chargers, as a squad, match up with Kansas City as a squad? I, I, they, it's a good matchup for them. Again, you know, hey, I remind people all the time. You know, you can be the better football team as a whole and on a given Sunday not match up with a team that's lesser than you as a whole and be at a disadvantage. That's life in the NFL. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. And I think the Chargers are one of those teams that matches up well with Kansas City. You know, the Chargers, their, their flaw is they can't stop the run. And if you look at their losses this year, it's against big, overpowering, running football teams that just steamrolled them, and they couldn't stop it. The Broncos, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Cowboys, they couldn't stop it. You know, And I know the Broncos might not be as overpowering as some of those other teams, but they still have a good run game. There's no doubt. So can Kansas City run the ball on them? I don't know. I mean, Kansas City never seems to really want to stay with the run. And to me, that's where they're dropping the ball a little bit this year. Hey, they got a $100 million offensive line. You know, and to me, they're not taking advantage of all they have to offer if you don't start running the ball a little bit, especially this year. And the fact that Mahomes isn't hitting on all cylinders. The pass game's not hitting on all cylinders. You know, the other thing I'll throw into this too, the Chargers can stop the pass. They're a really good pass defense. You know, Brandon Staley came from Vic Fangio and Wade Phillips. He's creative. He's game plan specific. And I think he could give the Chiefs passing game some real, real issues on that side of the ball. And then, like, like we talked about the other side, you know, the Chargers offense versus the Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense, I love it. It's in your face. It's physical. But the Chargers can really pass protect. Now there's no Chris Jones to worry about. The Chiefs like to play a lot of man-to-man. And it's Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and a good offense that knows how to, you know, take advantage of some man-to-man. And that's where I think yeah. this game will be close to that. I took the Chargers in a close one. Uh, just to let yeah. you know, just to put it out I there. Know. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. You'll uh, you'll see it when you believe it. Um, um, but uh, I know Rashawn Slater too was also on the COVID list, so that could be a big. I, I'm not sure what his status is. Oh, that, that could be, no doubt about it, for the Chargers. Yeah. Last question we got for you. Just uh, want you to chime in on a. It's just funny how Michael and I fall into disagreements, like stuff we don't even expect to disagree about. Um, yesterday, when the news broke that DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, was going to miss the rest of the regular season and maybe will return sometime in the postseason uh, following surgery. Michael basically proceeded to write the Cardinals obituary. I, though, have more confidence in the Cardinals' ability to withstand the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. What say you? How, how confident are, are you in the Cardinals minus DeAndre Hopkins? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. It's not a game breaker to me. Now, listen, the thing that they're going to miss is when you get down in the red zone or around the 20, Hopkins is that guy that he scores touchdowns. He keeps you from kicking field goals. You know, eight touchdown catches, and I think, what, he's only got like 40 receptions on the year, 42, 42 receptions. Think, yeah. So that yeah. just tells you the weapon he is in the red zone. But I, I'm, I don't look at it as a deal breaker. I would side with you more on this, Michael Smith, as far as this conversation is concerned, because they just have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You know, when you get Christian Kirk can fly, you know, Rondell Moore's legit and a weapon. Uh, A.J. Green has played very well this year. Zach Ertz is a threat in the past game still. And then, you know, they're going to get Chase Edmonds back at running back, him along with James Conner. They can run the ball. You know, I'm not giving up on the Cardinals. Their defense is too talented. You know, I don't think this will be a a deal breaker for them. Now, ultimately, hey, listen, the the Cardinals have, have failed on the big stage twice this year. And it's hard, I think, for people to buy in and do it, me included, because I sit there and go, yeah, they're in the playoffs. They're going to be one of the best yeah. teams. But, man, if they have yeah, to play the thank Bucks, you, thank you, brother, or, brother, Sam, brother Sam. Yeah, if they have to play the Bucks or Green yeah, Bay, I'm probably going to oh take Green God. Bay. Hey, hey, but Hopkins doesn't play. change that for me. It's they lost on the last play uh, on a great play by Rasul okay. Douglas. And then it's they lost sign, to the Rams. They lost game. They had Colt McCoy. Stop. Let me let me let me let me skip over. Let me let me skip over you. And, and, and get to the cream that's supposed to be in the middle. Let me let me skip over and talk to my about my other brother Sims. Okay, brother Sims, it's a side of my maturity gotta go. that I allowed I allowed Michael Smith to mischaracterize go. the argument that's yesterday what you said. and kind of tell you something that I never said. So it's a side of my maturity. I let him go. I didn't say what he said. I said, but we'll talk about that another time. I didn't even say that. <laughs> I said what you said at the end. What you said at the end uh, is what I said yesterday. What you said you at the said, end, no, the Michael, Cardinals. You said a no, bunch of I gibberish, didn't. a bunch of nonsensical no, stuff about I, green eyes what I just, and, and don't trust yes. people with weird eyes and you can't trust no. the Cardinals. That's I didn't say saying. that either. No, I said the Cardinals. What he just said about the Cardinals is what I said. But I'm sorry, you can't listen. Damn. But then again, Damn. you don't listen. You that's guys why are you hilarious. Sit here. You guys are that's hilarious. Sit here. Hey, Chris. Hold Chris. Hold you, Urban you know Myers how, one. You know how you know people full of shit? When they can't remember their own stuff. Okay? okay. Like, he can't even remember what <laughs> yeah. he said. That's when you know. That's when you know. <laughs> that is when you know. But you two are funny. He said this sure shit. He said his Man, I know. Peace out. You see how you guys are getting dysfunctional. Like stepbrothers over there. <laughs> in case you missed it. Peace out. I'm going doctors. We got something called In Case You Missed It. We I, didn't off the top of the show. I didn't say DeAndre Hopkins was a game changer. I didn't say that. <laughs> you, said you, you said you didn't trust the I Cardinals. did not. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So while Brian Kelly is the proven commodity, and LSU offered more money and better recruiting opportunities, if 
Marcus Freeman can continue to recruit at Notre Dame the way he has so, so far. And if he is both the schematic and the uh, and the, the schematic uh, genius and, and, and the leader that he is purported to be based on what I've seen, read and heard about him, then Notre Dame may have lucked up and in, 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 in landed on a star. And I think they can win a national championship before Brian Keller does at LSU. I believe that that's going to happen. That's my prediction. That got a response from the Ringers, huh. Van Lathan Jr., who demanded to appear I demand. on the show. He demanded, and we said say less. I mean, it's our pleasure to have yep. my Louisiana homeboy, the pride of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the Ringers, Van Lathan Jr., host of the Higher Learning Podcast. What up, homeboy? How you doing? What's going on, man? Are we Louisiana homeboys? I don't know. Oh, ooh. Come, coming in. I'm hot from already. New Orleans. Already. So, so I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> we, treat, we treat LSU a little differently than you Baton Rouge people. So, it's very you know, true. It's let very me true. have it. It's very true. Let me have very it. True. Let me have it. You demanded to be on the podcast. Give me that smoke. I demand. I demand. So, I, know, I know you've been all over recruiting the last two days. I see your Twitter feed. You all up in it. So tell me what you got. All right. Um. So obviously that said, Jess, it's all love. But I will say this: I of thought course, that of I thought that your your explanation for why Marcus Freeman would win. First of all, Mar Marcus Freeman, fabulous young coach. And if there are all kinds of reasons why I am rooting for Marcus Freeman to be successful at Notre Dame, you know, why, no why am I dancing around it? Black coach. I'm rooting for him to be successful at Notre Dame. I'm rooting is. for black we coaches to be successful at junior colleges, yeah. at high schools, peewee ball, wherever, right? Um, yeah. I will say this, though. The thought that he is going to win a national championship before Brian Kelly, to me, makes several leaps in logic and makes it, it takes out of what the actual college football landscape is right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you brought in to Notre Dame. With the way things are right now, Notre Dame has an uphill battle to be able to recruit the type of athletes, to be able to have the type of athletes at their school that are going to allow them to beat a Georgia, an Alabama, uh, even a motivated, rejuvenated USC, or even a Big 12 team when it comes to the playoff. Now, if he was able to do some sort of prestidigitation there, uh, and, and sort of change how things have gone there recently. He's got a shot, but the last couple of guys have been at LSU. Forget about Nick Saban; he could win. He could take a high school team mm -hmm. to a uh, to an right. NCAA championship. But you, right. you're talking about Les Miles and and Ogeron, who right. have taken teams to three national championships and won two of them. It's just an easier yeah. thing to do at LSU than Isn't it is though? at. No is it? Well, a couple of things, and this is this. Is, I'll streamline my point and just strictly talk about the path to the playoffs. For sure. one, Marcus Freeman is going to take Notre Dame recruiting to a place that it hasn't been, and and based on the early returns from early signing, I'm seeing a lot more of Notre Dame higher on the list. And Brian Kelly's got a lot to do with that and the foundation he uh, he built. But I'm seeing a lot of a lot of more Notre Dame high on the list of of top classes than I am LSU right now. That's number one. Number two. The teams that you talked about, LSU's got to go through them. Now, it's not that it's impossible because you know how LSU recruits Louisiana in particular, how LSU recruits in general. But 
Texas A&M is killing it right now. Alabama, as usual, killing it. As a matter of fact, 12 classes out of the 14 SEC schools are in the top 25. Look, all you see is SEC in the top of the rankings, and that doesn't include Texas, which is on its way to the SEC. So all I'm saying is, uh, uh, Brian Kelly, good a coach as he is, and I realize Marcus Freeman has yet to coach a game, Brian Kelly has got a much tougher time getting through the SEC, the gauntlet that is the SEC, especially the way everybody's recruiting in the SEC, than uh, Marcus Freeman will getting Notre Dame to the playoff. Not to mention, your coach out here having uh, dancing awkwardly, and that's coming from me, dancing awkwardly and faking a southern accent. So you got problems already, brother. Don't act like we so, don't act we're gonna let you get away with that. Now get your coach. <laughs> all right, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about the dancing awkwardly. The, the fake southern accent. Ah, can't, can't really defend it. The dancing awkwardly, though. Here's the thing about the dancing awkwardly. People are missing the context of that. He's dancing awkwardly with five-star LSU recruit Walker Howard. Go ahead and dance. I got it. So go ahead and dance, bro. If you bring Walker Howard, LSU legacy, two Baton Rouge, five-star yeah. uh, uh, quarterback Walker Howard. Let me go back and circle back. Certainly, getting through the SEC is hard. It's going to be harder to get through the SEC than it will for Notre Dame, especially if SC continues to be down, which was a main rival for Notre Dame, which, by the way, they probably won't be. For Notre Dame to beat SC now, when it hasn't really been a trick in the past, that's probably going to be a tougher matchup coming up with Lincoln Riley being out there in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. a lot of what we've seen in the past couple of years with Notre Dame and some of the powerhouse matchups that they've had – it, it, it might not be as easy a road for them to get to the playoff. Now, fair enough. I think that, that, that there are a couple of things when you talk about this current recruiting class. Obviously, the program is in shambles right now. So the current recruiting class is a reflection of that. But I have you, I'll remind you of something. LSU was on the field with Alabama this year. Forget about what happens in the future. Forget about whatever. LSU was on the field with Alabama this year in Tuscaloosa. They lost the game by, I think, six points. So Mm -hmm. the cupboard at LSU is not bare. This is not a rebuild job. Never. Yeah. Uh, Like, the cupboard Mm. isn't bare. This is not a rebuild job. Miles Brennan is coming back to LSU. That's a veteran quarterback. Yeah, he announced that today. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge transfer portal offensive line. You look at Brian Kelly, his ability to remake offensive lines, his ability to bring stability, which is what we haven't had in LSU. All you have to do is recruit your state. All you have to do go, yeah. is go out there and make a plea to kids who want to come play for LSU. And in Louisiana, that still matters. You get those kids. We got Frank Wilson back to go out and recruit New Orleans. You get those kids, you're in contention. I just think having a team that is a dominant football team is mm. easier to build at LSU than it is to be at Notre Dame. He can make Agreed. it to the playoffs. So, no argument there. Let's 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 shuck this corn down to the stalk then. Okay, let's get right there. Michael Smith said they're going to win the championship. Notre Dame going to win the championship for LSU. You said, put me on the podcast. So here we are. <laughs> when do you expect, when does LSU win it? We'll I'm going to put, playoff put you years. on the record. Two years? Two years? They'll be in the playoffs. We'll playoff They'll win it in two? Years. two? Will they we'll win it in the playoffs? We'll be in the playoff in two years. LSU will be in the playoff in two years. Two years, like when Walker Howard comes of age, 
They have the chance to build the the, the offense around them. Uh, LSU will be in the playoffs in two years. Um, what happens in the playoff in terms of winning a national championship, obviously that depends on the landscape. But if we go through the West, Bama won't be there. Uh, I can be honest with you guys. All the respect in the world for Alabama football. And what they did to Georgia was impressive. It's more impressive because this was an off year for them. Yeah. Squeaked yeah. by in the Iron Bowl. Squeaked by against LSU. Lost, obviously, to Texas A&M. So uh, I think two years, we're, we're back in the playoff. And then once we start recruiting the state again, put the wall up around uh, Louisiana, we're there. It's just going to be easier to do than it is for Marcus Freeman. To, to A lot of ifs. If he can do this, uh, if yeah. he can do that, right. if all hey, of hey, 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 my guy, my guy know, hasn't hey, coached a game yet. My guy hasn't coached hey, you a know game what? yet. But we, hey, you know what, Van? I can see, I can see Marcus Freeman taking this personally. Like, okay, I'm going to Louisiana. I'm getting some. I'm, well, I'm, gonna, missed, I'm gonna take like three or four. He, I'm gonna take three or four great players out of Louisiana. Just on GP. Missed the guy in Florida, so it hasn't been it hasn't been perfect, but it's going pretty well. All right, on, speaking of on our Issa Rae and rooting for everybody black, you're a southern you're a southern guy, right? You went to SU, didn't you? I did. How 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 good are you feeling today after watching Deion Sanders get the number one recruit in the country yesterday, flipping from number Florida two. State? No, it's a joke. Well, it depends on your ranking service. He was one. Some he people was one had him. Most people had him at one. Yeah, it's a joke. It it. I think it, it's a. Really? When I say it's a joke, this is what I mean. If you on the bluffs right now at Southern, and you're watching Prime come in here with all of this glitz and glamour and turn the swag on its head, the only thing that I'm happy for is that he ain't at Grandma. That's the, the I'm just I'm just hey, happy the Bayou Classic for you. I, that I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to go to the Bayou Classic and look and see actual five stars on Grandma's team. That's nuts. And by the way, don't sleep on you, Jackson. Who, I think a lot of people who don't watch Swag football would be surprised at the level of play, at the at the level of athlete that can compete in the Swag. This is not a shot at all, but that is a different situation, and it is. An amazing accomplishment, really, for all of the HBCUs out there to have players like that uh, thinking about coming to those schools. Because what players like that can do for those institutions, for the facilities there, for the brand of those schools, you can't really even quantify it. So while I'm nervous, I'm also very happy and proud of what Deion Sanders has been able to do at Jackson State. Yeah, right. No doubt. Um, you got something, Michael? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I can we can we pivot and, and talk about the, the the real thing? Can we talk about the real thing? I, I, well, I, I mean, I, the real thing. I wanted. Well, if we talk about the same, I think yeah, we're talking about the same, same thing. We talk about the same so, thing. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. All right. Cool. Let's let's, so, let's talk Van, about it. This what? Here it is. This we is, know it's about to get real now, Van. Because I, I I bought my IMAX tickets for tomorrow. Tomorrow is a holiday for me. Uh, I understand that you got an advanced screening screening of Spider Man. No way home. Uh, no spoilers, give us the real. We, please. We know you no keep spoilers. it a buck. You, you keep give us the real, or, or is is it worth the hype? Marvel don't miss now. In a way, I wish I was you, because to be able to relive seeing the movie for the first time again would be amazing. In a way, wow. like, I, I like so in, in, in a way, I wish I was you. It, you. 
are in for a ride. Obviously, nothing is perfect, but it is an event. No one will be disappointed in Spider-Man. Yes. No one. Oh wow. Woo. That's what I want to hear. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. I'm going. That's all there is. That's really why we wanted you all. We ain't want to talk about recruits. We ain't want to talk about Deion Sanders. We want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, dog. Like, I mean, I, listen. I, we take the hey. Spoiler alert for viewers, a brother from another. We took the day off tomorrow to see this movie. Okay, real talk. Mm-hmm. We are. That's how important this is for us to see this movie tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's tell you one thing. I tell you answer. one thing. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I'll tell you one thing: bring your Kleenex. You in for some emotions, baby? Ooh. Okay. All right. Like, okay, hold okay. on. Okay. Like on the, you know, Tony Stark oh, dies that, level of emotion. Listen, like, listen what, what level I'm not gonna spoil say, anything, say but that. I'm gonna say there's a spectrum of emotions, and in Spider-Man: okay. No Way Home, you will feel them all. <sighs> Okay. Listen, All right. Van. All right. Van, okay. yeah, you, you don't even, you don't even have to explain it. You don't have to put it into context. I cried during Brother from Another. You know, probably like two or three times a week. I cried during this show. <laughs> he cries at my. So I know. He cries at. I know. I don't know. listen to him enough. Is really why he cries. <laughs> oh, I know you don't listen. He cries enough. I, yeah. <laughs> I weep. I weep for you, Mike. I weep for you. Yeah. But uh, exactly. no, I'm excited though. I'm excited to see this. Yeah. Hey, okay. Yeah. Who's, so look. Uh, all right, oh, give, me, give me a, but I'll, okay, just give me one actor who just you just walk away saying, "Oh wow, I can't. You, like you can't, can't. get you can't do it." Van, I can't. Van, too much of a spoiler. Yeah, I thank can't. You, if thank I, you, Van. One act, one thank actor you, steals the movie, but it's too much of a spoiler. I can't. I can't. Okay. Just yeah. yeah, you'll you'll you will you okay. will be. Amazed. I withdraw the question. All right, let's leave it. Let's leave it I there. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. <laughs> let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Okay. So speaking of spoilers, so Van, another reason why I was so happy to have you on is because I know you caught up as opposed to Mike, who like I know he ain't even started it, Bruh, I think Hawkeye is the best series that Disney Plus has done. I put it above WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hmm. Wow. Especially um, after this last episode. Well, okay, so I'll put it to you like this. I think the real competition would be, you know, what they were able to do in, in Loki was really fantastic. I think the real competition would be Loki. I think if it's not better than Loki, it's a clear second. But okay. I will say, I will say that uh, I am absolutely floored with how enjoyable watching Hawkeye has been. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like Hawkeye has, uh, Hawkeye is a character that, you know, it sort of also ran with the Avengers. He's had some very, very important moments, and obviously, he was able to get some real weighty emotional moments in Endgame and with his family getting blipped away and all of those things. But they've just managed to integrate a lot of stuff happening at one time, not perfectly, but with enough fun and gusto for like you to keep coming back. And I just got the the information that this finale which is going to be next wednesday is going to be 59 minutes which is around 20 minutes longer than what we've been getting on average uh which tells me that a lot of the loose ends and a lot of the threads that they've kind of pulled are going to be tied up there it's just been fantastic um hasn't been a completely flawless year for the mcu obviously i think with the movies that they've put out and with some of the shows that they've put out there's been more discussion around the quality of MCU content this year than in any other year that they've released stuff. But there's no doubt about the fact that Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Florence Pugh, 
who popped up Mark in the last Cuban's episode. Last episode. Just Ooh. doing it. They are, they are, they are doing that thing. It, it really is amazing yeah. stuff, seriously. Yeah, it's I great. Skipped, I can't lie. I did skip Eternals. I did see Shang-Chi, and I like that. Look, man, higher learning. Thank you for educating us. Fan Lathan Jr. from The Ringer, ladies and gentlemen. Brother, it's been a long time coming. Love you, man. Uh, appreciate your work. Uh, appreciate your voice. Come back and uh, kick it with us again sometime, all right? Yeah, I will. And I want to say, man, it is a big feather in my cap. I love what you guys are doing. It is a big feather in my cap to have been on this show because you and Jamil will never know how inspirational you were to a whole generation and group. We like the same age, but I wasn't on TV. Yeah, man. Just watching the way yeah. you guys communicated the stuff that you talked about and everything that you did, it was it was really important to me. So I told her that when I was doing the Wire podcast with you with her and I want to make sure you guys know that it was very very important stuff to be able to see y'all up there every single day man thank you for that man love you man appreciate you so much love Let's you guys fire right. the people thank you brother <laughs> peace guys <laughs> alright man thank you the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Stop talking about the pandemic in the past tense, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the NFL today adjusted its COVID-19 protocols due to this new outbreak uh, among the protocols masking regardless of vaccination status remote or outdoor meetings eliminating in-person meals no outside visitors while on team travel they're encouraging boosters they're also adjusting the return to participation requirements for those who have recovered from COVID-19 that's the key right there is availability also uh, public player coaches appearances and or charity events are prohibited cannot engage in the following high-risk conduct. No nightclub attendance, unless wearing PPE, and no more than 10 people in the club, which that's not a nightclub yeah. you want to be at. Attending happening. indoor bars, other spot. than to pick up food, <laughs> unless wearing PPE, and there are no more than 10 people in the club. So no indoor bars, other than pick up food. Uh, other similar indoor gatherings, concert, entertainment events, pro sporting events, other than NFL games events that are applicable. And until further notice, clubs must continue weekly testing for fully vaccinated individuals, daily for unvaccinated, and other tested as directed by NFL chief medical officer, which they continue to miss the point. Yeah. Either you do yeah, it or not. Get that right. Either scrap testing right. altogether or test everybody daily. The rest of this stuff yeah. is just window dressing. Meanwhile, well, I, we can't even keep track, Michael. All right, but real quick, and I'll, I'll pass to you. Go ahead. Meanwhile, Go ahead. we can't even keep track of all the NFL players uh, who, by the minute, are added to the COVID-19 list. Meanwhile, in the NBA, okay, it's, get, it's getting really and really in the NBA. You know, the Lakers uh, now have uh, five players in COVID protocols. Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, Dwight Howard, Taylor Horton Tucker, they play Minnesota on Friday and Chicago on Sunday. The NFL is trying to figure, I mean, the NBA is trying to figure it out as they go along. The NBA is making it up as they go along as well. What were you saying, Michael? I apologize. Just and to get and all also, the Lakers, to, to add on to the Lakers point, you want to add what that I, on I to the, 
Russell? Did, did you mention Russell? Okay. I did. All right. Yes. All right. So, okay. All right. I missed you. Uh, so, this is what I want to say. I'm not sure it's window dressing these modifications that the NFL came up with. They, they missed the big one, and I'm, I'm hopeful that they still are flexible enough and fluid enough where they can say, well, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? So somebody who can push back and say, well, if you're going to test unvaccinated players daily, why don't you go around? Why don't you go back and test all players daily if you're going to do it? One thing I don't want to hear before I get to the other changes. One thing I want to I don't want to hear from the NFL is the conversations that you hear or you hear or that you read about or you've experienced uh, across America. And that is that conversation at the kitchen table where you sit down and say, the bills are here. The income is here. And how do we make this thing work? The NFL doesn't have that problem. NFL is rich. It's rolling in money. So there is no reason. There is no reason whatsoever to hold back from testing, especially if you're doing it because you say the cost is prohibitive. No, it's not. You're making so much money, whether you're a great franchise or a bad franchise uh, or just the, the epitome of mediocrity. There's tons of money. You should be testing. If you care about this multi-billion dollar product test, it's good for well, it's good it, for business. The problem and it's is good you for had safety. Dr. Alan Stills, that's the league's chief medical officer, saying that daily testing is not a preventative strategy. We know that. It's not going to prevent okay, people from from catching it. It's going to prevent point. it from right. spreading if you know who has it. Like you work, so, it gets close back to what we're talking about with the investigation with the NFL. You're not independent. You know, you're a doctor, but you're speaking on behalf of an organization that doesn't want to spend the money on daily testing and they're going to continue to okay, just try right. to plug their finger in the dam as long as they're not testing daily and removing guys so that they don't spread uh, this highly contagious variant. Go ahead, Michael. Mike, that's a big one. Okay, that, that's a big one that they missed and and perhaps they can modify this. Uh, the season is, is, is far from over. When you think about uh, where we are in the season, in the Super Bowl in February, uh, there's still time to make an adjustment. So I'll go back to the other modifications. Let, let, let's put that list up again on some of the changes Which that one? the NFL made. Uh, the first one, we said, hey, this is what uh, all players are masked regardless. Here, Everybody's regardless wearing masks regardless. Steps. Remote outdoor meetings. These are these are these are these are steps in the right di- the direction in these terms are of mitigation. Good. These, these are, are good. good. You know why these are good? Because it's an acknowledgement of where we are now. I think I think the initial where where the NFL was coming into the 2021 season, it, it just from the outside looking in, it seemed to be we don't have a vaccine mandate. So we're going to react and we're going to make this thing. We're going to tilt the field so dramatically that we're actually going to force you to, to if you want to have a nice, comfortable life, we're going to force you to get vaccinated. Okay, so now we have the vaccination numbers. Take them for what they're worth, if you believe them or not. NFL says vaccination status. Uh, most, like 90%, 90 plus percent of their players are vaccinated. Now they're responding not to if you get vaccinated, you have this. It's this is where we are right now. We're in a bit of a but they're crisis. they're not going far so we need enough. To, they're we saying, wear your mask. I know they're not, they're not going far distant. enough, but they are going further. They're going further, and that's well, progress. Well, sure. That's progress. If I, take, if I got 100 feet to go and I take 
10 steps, then sure, that's progress. But what I'm it's saying is, steps, so. they, it's probably like 50 they wear feet. masks. Okay, they're saying it you can wear masks. You can't go to yeah. nightclubs. We're going to socially distance within the facility. You can still We're get it from your in family. Person. You can still, you okay, can. but you can still get it when you leave the facility. And you can still bring it. And for a week, if you're vaccinated, we don't know if you're carrying it. Now, maybe you but won't spread it as gonna, easily as you would have before. Maybe you won't spread it Unless as easily you as you would have before because of these mitigating factors that you like, Michael. I get that. But nonetheless, the goal is to not spend money on daily testing. And more important, the main one is they're going to loosen the require, adjust the return to participation requirements. Because that's what I told you yesterday. The players are sick of this. They don't want to miss games. They want to play. The clubs are sick of this. They're in a playoff push. They want to play. Bottom line is they're going to let people get back on the field quicker if they test positive. All right, let's, um, let's go ahead and take this last break. But this is out of control. And I- I'm with you. It's a step in the right direction. But the main thing is they got to test. And I don't want no doctor telling me, even though I'm not a doctor, that testing doesn't help. If that's the case, why are we testing at all then? Which that's what they're right. asking right now in a lot of places anyway, because COVID fatigue. All right. What would, um, your, last what would break. your primary care? What would your primary care physician say? Would your primary care physician say that? Testing doesn't help. I wouldn't want to hear My wife, that. every time I, walks out the, I walk out the door, is like, you about to take a COVID test. She, she tried to test me every day. We could not begin to do justice to the life and the impact of Bell Hooks, who died at 69 uh, yesterday, with the time that we have left. We just don't have enough time. But Michael, uh, I could not think of anybody who I want to hear more on Bell Hooks right about now than my resident favorite author and poet, uh, Michael Scott Holly. So huh. take it away and try yeah. your best to put into context the impact of the renowned black feminist Bell Hooks. I'll, I'll try my best. Michael, I never met Bell Hooks. I felt like I knew her. I felt like she counseled me. Um, I loved the way she looked at the world. I loved how honest she was, how funny she was in the range uh, the range of her interest. I, I, I remember, I, I, I've never heard anybody call out Cornell West in love like, like Bell Hooks did. They, they taught together at Yale, and she once said, uh, she was talking to Cornell West, and she said, people used to ask me all the time why we didn't get together. And I told them that you were a player <laughs> back at Yale. That's why we didn't get together. Um, right. I heard her counsel uh, the writer Kevin Powell, who was trying to uh, writer and poet and essayist uh, or, or uh, writer more than anything, Kevin, well, he was trying to work through some of the issues that he had, and she she talked to him about what it was to be masculine and to be a feminist from a male perspective. I'll tell you this: when I was in college, I took a course, the psychology of women. I was the only man in the course. I took this course. Good because job. I was reading a lot of bell hooks and a rare, a really good, a really good friend of hers, Gloria Steinem. She talked, yeah. she was able to cut through so many high minded issues, Mike, with relatable, accessible language that also was piercing. So bell hooks, thank you for shaping my perspective as a man That's trying great. to figure out 
uh, trying to figure out this patriarchal structure. She changed the conversation. She changed feminism. It's incredible how conventional her thinking is now when it comes to intersectionality, when it comes to the black female experience as it relates to feminism. Uh, remember, feminism was a was a middle class white woman movement. Bell Hooks introduced black women, working class women, and now it's just the way we think and talk about feminism and, and society at large, thanks in no small part to Bell Hooks. Rest in peace. All right, brother. Love you. Appreciate you. Love you, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.